Is it the price of sleep? No, the price. The of... price of comfort. Okay. <laughs> we have three lines to remember the whole time we ever record, and we always. And I have one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey everyone, John and Andrew here. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, fighting to fall asleep. The price of comfort and learning to let it be this is optical course let's sleep <laughs> let's actually let's not sleep yet no but we should not yet, but let's prioritize sleep maybe that's what i should have said let's well, prioritize and, sleep well and starting a podcast by saying let's sleep is not great <laughs> no unless you're it's you're that kind of podcast but that's more of like a meditation app i think which is that's right we would be terrible at no, we would. And at the same time, I think we'd be even okay with people using our podcast to fall asleep. <laughs> as as long as we get the downloads. The downloads, man. <laughs> <laughs> this might actually be an, a nice one for that because it ends with a beautiful, beautiful melody oh from uh, from Chris Manley, who is our, uh, our sleep expert from the consumer side of things. Well, and here's the thing. Whenever somebody says, like, hey, you know, I, I'm going to sing a couple bars for you. I mean, you always expect it to be underwhelming, and you're like, all right, man, whatever you need to do. I mean, we were both silent, feeling like we were just paid for like a professional performance, and I was hoping he'd do more. Um, what a remarkable voice and uh, amazing way to end this episode. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was exceptional and, and very surprising. Yeah. And even over Zoom, which we are each of us over Zoom, because again, we are in isolation here. Um, even over Zoom, it sounded brilliant. So I can't even imagine how much talent that guy has. And and he did speak about a potential singing career when when his uh, his work with the Rest House is is complete. So it, it's worth sticking around, staying awake till the end of the episode for. But you, you know, John, there was one thing that brought me not. Uh, it was impeding with my level of comfort during the episode. And and can I just can I quickly share what that was? Yeah, you usually do. Yeah. So I noticed while recording that you had a very sharp, a dainty but sharp pair of scissors in your hand that you were just (laughs) twirling around like near your throat, just (laughs) in the midst of recording. Just, I was, and I know how clumsy you you tend to be. And and, and I can just imagine we're deep in conversation all of a sudden this this small but sharp pair of scissors just jams into the side of your your throat or beard or something so two things i'm not a cutter um (laughs) and and i'm not currently depressed good and so um no the the only reason i had them was because i tend to like you know i have a weird scissor fetish Hmm. um that i've just realized that now you become aware of and all our (laughs) listeners um, but Angie will even tell you, like, I don't know how many times she's actually had to say to me, please put the scissors down. You're dulling them. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know how this even started. But but I tend to when I'm watching a TV in the evening, um, I can't just sit still. So Angie has a knitting thing that she I was going to say a knitting fetish. It's, it's not a knitting fetish. She, she just knits. It's a hobby. Knit- not everything's a fetish. <laughs> yeah, you want to dig into that please don't dig into that but uh she's knitting some beautiful scarves by the way folks which you can purchase they're amazing anyways um but i i tend to like to move and so 
one, I think one time a few years ago, there was a pair of scissors on the table in front of me and I just picked them up and started like rubbing them across my face, <laughs> um, not knowing how weird and potentially dangerous that was. <laughs> and apparently now I was just doing that again. Yeah. So, um, we, thanks for calling me on it. <laughs> we, we need to get you a, a stress ball or something, <laughs> something <laughs> a lot, a lot safer. Otherwise, this was an exceptional episode and, and did bring me and, and will bring our listeners, I, I can only imagine, a, a lot of comfort and, uh, and education, both on the biological side of sleep from, from our first guest, uh, Daniel Erickson, who is a, a sleep expert and, and has a, a YouTube channel, which you can get a lot of uh, information on it. I, I'm not one who has struggled with insomnia or and, and normally I, I sleep quite soundly. I, I fall asleep easily and, and normally I sleep through the night quite well unless I'm really stressed or, or anxious, which there's a gem in there. And I, let's not even spoil it, but um, he, he talks about if you're stressed and, and how that relates to your sleep and, and, uh, and it's just, it's brilliant. And, and can even just hearing that could bring people ease. So I'll, we'll just tease that one out there. And, um, and yeah, he, he was a, uh, an exceptional, exceptional guest. Well, I love how most most of what the sleep experts said really had little to do with the mechanics of sleep. Mm-hmm. It was all to do with habits and beliefs. And uh, that's something we may or may not have talked about every single episode since the beginning <laughs> of this podcast. But once again, we just showed how everything we've been talking about for the last year also plays into your sleep. And um, one, one um, pleasant surprise um, that, that he revealed was just the idea of uh, how we tend to fight sleep. And, and, and he talked about sleep being like a passive thing where you have to like be the opposite of fighting where you're just like, I'm just going to, like we've said, just let it be and just, you know, let my body do its thing. Yeah. And uh, as, as a fighter, we're, we're both kind of fighters. I, I would think not, not with each other, thankfully, <laughs> Generally. but uh <laughs> But we're both sort of that fighter personality, push through and, you know, grind it out, you know, go hard. Um, that's terrible advice when trying to get a good night's sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Daniel speaks extremely well to that. And and one of the things that stood out as well, because we often, I think, as a society, take sleep for granted. We were, we're kind of just like, yeah. yeah, sleep is what I have to do because everybody does it. And, you know, then I wake up in the morning and, and don't feel tired. And, and that's like kind of the end of our our conversation or our thought pattern about sleep, but there are a lot of things. If, if we don't sleep well, or we constantly wake up tired, there, there are a lot of things that we can do to change and really drastically Im- improve our lives. And I, I think that's why we wanted to have this round table is because it's come up a number of times that, um, that we take sleep for granted, but that it, it can be the biggest thing that you can do to, to improve not only your level of restfulness or or energy but also your physical body um your your mental health it it, there's so many things that are affected by sleep that we just take for granted or or neglect or just ignore uh that that i think could could solve a lot of issues especially in our current climate right now where where we're all probably struggling to to really be um to, to find quiet and peace both when awake and asleep. Yeah, absolutely, man. Strong points. Um, and another point of just being more self-aware of what we're doing before sleep. Um, I've noticed my, you know, the two worst sleeps I had in the last month were because I downed about eight slices 
of uh, Havarti jalapeno cheese. <laughs> I mean, right before bed. Yeah, and, and and just the spice with the lactate in there and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I've I've come to read it can do uh, terrible things for you. Yeah, and the, um, the interesting had, yeah the interesting thing about that is you said the two worst sleeps. So you did it once. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> and you're like, wow, that was terrible. And you're like, mm, <laughs> but I still have some of this Havarti jalapeno but, in the fridge. So, you know. It, but w- man, isn't that a metaphor for life? You do something, it goes terribly, and you're like, but it was delicious. And maybe it was just a one-off. So yeah. I'm going to try it again. I, and uh, it turns out it is delicious, but it's also deliciously terrible for your sleep. <laughs> in the words of Michael Scott... Fool me once, strike one. <laughs> Fool me twice, strike three. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> enjoy the episode, everybody. Okay, so we've got Daniel Erickson joining us today. He is a sleep physician, the creator of the Bedtime app and also the host of the Insomnia Insight YouTube channel. So we've got a, a true expert in the house. Uh, welcome, Daniel. Thanks so, so much for having me. Yeah, Daniel's got the voice for podcasting and the face for TV. Yeah. So he's, he's pretty much got the full package. <laughs> I don't know about that, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll have to trust us on the, on the face part, but we, yeah. we can see him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, Daniel, as we are... Um, we're very much a, a podcast about obstacles and, and how we overcome them. I thought we could start by asking, what is the greatest obstacle that you see in, in people's day-to-day lives to having a good night's sleep? It's a very, very good question. And uh, if, I would, if I was forced to answer that question in like you know, one sentence, I would, I would say it is their own beliefs and habits, you know, uh, when it comes to there, there, there's so many reasons why you can have trouble sleeping, but I would say, I, I do believe that the most common one is what we have, what we call insomnia, where somebody really struggles with sleep and really what, what the underlying cause virtually always is, it's, is your own kind of thoughts and habits. And I, I would assume that's why um, you have such an interest in the cognitive behavioral therapy aspect of, of the work. And, and could you explain a little bit um, why you, you use those methods to treat insomnia and, and sleep disruptions? And, and is that a, a common practice in, in your field? Or is that something that you've kind of just gravitated towards because you've kind of learned the, the truth and, and the, uh, the justification for it? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'll, I'll answer that question with a kind of a, like a little mini story. So uh, I uh, was, uh, I did a fellowship, you know, a, a training in sleep medicine back in 2011. I completed that. And uh, most of it was focused on sleep apnea, you know, where somebody snores a lot, has trouble breathing during sleep. But uh, out of my fellowship, University of Chicago, we, we were taught uh, a little, kind of the basics of cognitive behavioral therapy. I, I I don't think there was more than like two days of teeth, you know, training, but that, so I knew a little bit about CBT. What happened was as I was starting to practice on my own was I noticed that yes, a lot of people have sleep apnea, but tons of people have insomnia. So I just started applying what I knew, the little, the little I knew, and I found that, yeah, this works. And then I got more and more interested in it because 
guess what? Like nobody had heard of it. I literally every day would ask people like, you have trouble sleeping? Have you heard of CBT, cognitive therapy? And like everybody said no. Or sometimes they're like, yeah. And then I was surprised. You, you did? And like they're like, oh, I thought you said CBD. Like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happened a lot. But basically I saw, I saw that it worked and I got more and more interested. And so that's that's really how i how i became really focused on it because it worked and there was such a need for it so so daniel you talked you talked about the various habits and beliefs i'm sure there's there's a big spectrum of this like i'm sure it can go down to like the the elemental idea of like don't have a cup of coffee right before bed to something as 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 maybe toxic as um i will never have a good night's sleep again you know, and so I'm just wondering, like, how do you deal with the spectrum? Because I'm thinking for, for some people, it could just be a fairly simple switch. And for others, it's it's therapy. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'd say when people reach me, either at work or via my YouTube channel, it is it is very rare that they only have this one particular little misconception and you kind of correct that and they sleep well, most of the time they have kind of deep-rooted misbeliefs and, and habits. But, but there is actually one example of when you can do a really quick fix, if you will, and that's when, and this happens sometimes, I have a patient in clinic that say, I just can't sleep, and they go, what's going on? Well, I go to bed at 10, and I don't fall asleep until midnight, and then what happens? Well, then I sleep great until like 6, and then I'm like, so, so and how do you feel during the day? And they say, I, they feel great, and then I tell them, well, you know what? Not everyone needs eight hours. For some people, six is fine. And then they go, oh, cool. Well, then I'm good. You know, <laughs> that happens rarely. But most of the time, common misbeliefs is that uh, I lost my ability to sleep. There's something wrong in my brain. There's a neurotransmitter problem. I, my cortisol levels are too high. As those are very, very common misbeliefs that you, you can tell someone that's not the case. There's nothing wrong with your brain. But that doesn't, that's not sufficient. Like, you know, people are skeptic. You had problems for years. So you need to really, really uh, teach them sleep physiology, you know, go over common myths and like, and start the treatment aspect of it before you can actually have success in like having people start changing their beliefs and, and thoughts. Hmm. So in your experience, it's, it's really more of people's the conscious habits uh, and beliefs about themselves that are that's getting in the way rather than actual physiological issues yeah 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 yes that the yes is the short answer well let's put it this way if if someone has trouble sleeping and there's no emotional component to it they're just like i wake up all the time but i don't really know why or it's something obvious like you know i know you're gonna have an expert on mattresses here late, later uh, if somebody's like, I always wake up with an aching back, you know, then then you then you, th then that's you know that's that's different. But it, it's not so hard to identify someone with what we call insomnia. That person, there's a strong emotional component. They're thinking a lot about it. They're like wondering, why is it I can't sleep? Why am I waking up all the time? What's wrong with me? And and they describe it like it's a battle. They're fighting against this thing, and they just can't get past it. That when when someone has that that is driven by you know beliefs and thoughts for sure yeah for sure daniel it almost sounds like you're saying it's so much more than just sleep like the problem is is rooted in other things in their life besides just getting a good night's sleep and so perhaps that cbt can start to 
I mean, I wonder if you if you find you're almost like, am I doing actual therapy now beyond just sleep therapy? <laughs> you know, like it must be connected. No, you're right. It's interesting. Like in the past few years, uh, more and more studies have come out showing that cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, which by the way, is just a combination of education. It's just kind of like the things I'm sharing here. That's like education and then behavior change, which generally you know, very, very simplified is spending less time in bed. Like in, very simplistically, that's cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. Now, a lot of studies are showing that if someone has trouble sleeping and anxiety or trouble sleeping and depression, then guess what? Treating their insomnia by itself helps with anxiety and depression. So it's, they're all definitely very, very related. So you treat the insomnia before the anxiety and depression or the anxiety and depression as a way to treat the insomnia? Uh, yeah, I, I'm a sleep specialist, so I don't really treat um, anything but uh, insomnia. But uh, again, if, if people happen to have both, uh, studies show that it, it helps with you know other aspects of mental wellness uh, or health uh, as well. Okay. So for people who are listening at, at home, perhaps that that maybe this is an issue for them or for a loved one, um, and obviously the the best solution for them would be to contact you directly but if you were just to ask a to throw out a couple of questions that people could maybe ask themselves about their own habits or beliefs or or um their their patterns um what would some of those questions be just to kind of start the conversation or or encourage people to to do a little bit of self study wow that that's a great question a very good question so um I want to say this, that um, I, I, would, I would tell that person to ask themselves before they had trouble sleeping, what were they doing to make themselves sleep at that point in time? You know, and uh, let me, uh, you know, expand on that a little bit. So the reason I feel that's really important is the following that uh, if you ask somebody that sleeps fantastic, like they always sleep great, have no problem sleeping whatsoever, what they do to sleep you just get kind of the blank stare, like, uh, uh, nothing. I don't really do anything. And that's so, so true. You know, sleep is a passive process. It happens when we don't want to sleep. Mm. Think about it. We're not pursuing sleep, you know? Then, then it happens. As soon as we start doing things to make ourselves sleep, as soon as we're paying attention to how we sleep, as soon as we're trying to tweak things, then we have more trouble sleeping. So what you see all the time is, Somebody's having a real hard time sleeping, and now they're, they're using a sleep mask, they're t- taking some sleepy time tea, they're avoiding screens, they're doing all these things, and they're sleeping really, really terribly. And then you ask them, so three years ago, what were you doing then? I wasn't doing anything. And I think, you know, for someone that's tuning in here, think about when you were sleeping well, what were you doing? And I'm sure you'll find that you're doing much less. And then, and, then you, and then you might be thinking, well, I was doing less because I was sleeping well. Well, question that and think about if it could be that you're actually not sleeping well now because you're more, doing more things. I think that's the key question. Yeah, it's such a strong point, Daniel. Um, I know you had Nick Wignall on your YouTube show about a month ago. And one of the things you guys talked about that, that really stood out to me was this idea of like fighting the sleep. You know, you, you talked about how sleep is a passive process. And for me, who's who's a bit of a fighter, who, who likes to kind of be in control of my my surroundings and how what I feel, 
the times I've struggled, I've been fighting it. No, no, no. I got, I got to fall asleep. Come on, John, be a better sleeper. Come on, John, you know, fall asleep, drink your tea, you know, and it's almost like putting your, your body in the state of arousal, trying to fall asleep. And, and I remember Nick saying at one point, um, you have to be okay with not sleeping. You have to like make peace with insomnia. And then you, you ended up sharing what that could look like. So I wonder if you could do that again for our listeners. How do you make peace with insomnia? Yeah, I think what you bring up is super important. Uh, as long, you know, very briefly here, like as long as you think of getting good sleep or getting to sleep is kind of a battle or a fight, you will continue having trouble sleeping. It's only when you take a step away and abandon the fight and stop thinking of it as a struggle that you'll get in good sleep. But to, to kind of expand on that and go down the kind of physiology route here, what, what really happens at kind of a core neurophysiological level or maybe neuropsychological level, either way, either way, uh, what really happens is that someone has, you know, someone's sleeping okay until something happens. There's this kind of trigger for a couple of nights of real sleeplessness. And that person then says, whoa, something's going on. I think I have insomnia. And what's happening in that moment is that that part of their brain that's there to keep them safe has identified sleeplessness as a threat. The, the, the part of the brain is starting to think like, okay, if I, if I lose sleep like this, it's going to hurt me, my body, it's going to hurt my brain, it's, it's going to hurt me. So they start going into this fight and flight mode. What happens then is kind of two things. One they're starting to research the problem, try to figure it out. Why is it I have trouble sleeping? And also doing things like they try to fix the problem, like try the melatonin sleep mask and things like that. What's happening then is that, you know, th the reason they don't sleep is actually because um, sleep is a passive process, as we said. So trying all these things actually creates more sleeplessness, which makes them more worried, which makes them try even more, which creates more sleeplessness, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the chronic insomnia-like spiral. And again, another way to look at the spiral is like the battle. Like, I'm, I got to get to sleep. I'm fighting sleep. I, I'm losing it. I got to fight more, et cetera, et cetera. And then you just, you, you'd never get to good sleep. So it's really like you have to train yourself, train your brain that sleeplessness is not a threat. And only then, only when you kind of step away from that battle, only then will you sleep well. And I want to add one last thing. And a different way of expressing this is what Nick, who you had on your podcast recently, I know, uh, he, he expressed it as like, you have to be willing to have insomnia to sleep well. And it, it kind of blew my mind when he said that. I, I understood it immediately, but I've never thought about it this way. That was just a, such a powerful expression. Mm -hmm. And it, it really can be applied to anxiety or fear or so many other conditions that we're victim to is, is when... We, um, we really battle hard against them when, we, when we're really tensed up and, and trying to give like everything in our, in our power to, to defeat them like you know David against Goliath or, or you know a football game in the trenches or something. But it, it's not an adversary. It's part of you. So it's, it's almost, you know, it's, it's like punching yourself in the face. I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're, you can't really win a battle against yourself, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I personally had this kind of journey over the past uh, month, but particularly in the, in the last month here where I, I always felt like 
you know, I, I was treating insomnia, right? And I, I realized this thing that you can't make yourself fall asleep. Like you can't force it. That just creates more insomnia, right? And I quickly, I early on realized that the same thing with anxiety, anything you do with the intent and purpose of becoming less anxious is going to backfire. For example, if you start meditating, right? And you're doing your meditation to become less anxious and you go like, okay, I've done this 30 minutes. Am I less anxious? No, I got to do more. Oh, I've done it an hour. I'm still not less anxious. Like if your intent is to become less anxious, whatever you do is going to backfire because it just brings more attention to it. Right. And uh, it, I, I found that not insomnia has so much in common with anxiety. It has so much in common with other things that I, I felt like there must be kind of this common denominator where all this comes from. And my current thinking uh, is that we have this kind of spectrum of, you know, this emotional spectrum, all of us, right? We have happiness, we have sadness, we have fear, we have positive things, we have, you know, all kinds of things, right? Some sadness is normal. If we don't react to it, it goes back to our baseline, right? But if we become sad and then identify that as a problem and we're trying to do things to become less sad, we're trying to escape it, we're not willing to, to, to face it, we're, we're like, you know, you're battling it. And it's the same thing there. It just grows. It just becomes a bigger and bigger problem. So I think that explains like pretty much everything. Like anxiety, same thing. If you try to escape it, it becomes bigger. If you sleeplessness, if you try to escape it, it becomes bigger. All, a lot of things can be explained by kind of that simple model, I believe. You know, it, it seems to me that the solution then moving forward is is going back to the Beatles song of just letting it be. <laughs> and then, or or just let it go. It's It's stop the fight stop the battle, stop trying to control it and just let it go and let it be. So if we, if moving forward, we, we learn to let it be or let it go. What does that look like practically? How can people let it go at night? That, that, that is the, that's the million dollar question. That's the million yeah. dollar question. And it's so true. I, I make a point of every time I see somebody that has had a lot of trouble sleeping and now are sleeping well, I ask them, what really helped you? And guess what? You always hear the same thing. I stopped worrying. Or a version of that, like, I stopped caring so much, which is the same thing as what you're saying. Just let it be, let it go, you know? And the, and the million dollar question is like, how do you get there, right? <laughs> if, you, if you face someone that has like had trouble sleeping for like 10 years and they, it's been this fight, this struggle, and you say, well, just let it go, yeah. that's you know it's true that that is going to help but how do you do that and and that's where i think um that's where i think from insomnia standpoint very few people can do it themselves actually most people need some type of like a cbt therapist or a sleep coach or somebody else but it, it's a combination of like you have to unlearn you have to learn you have to change your habits that is the way yeah because it's almost just like telling a depressed person man just stop being depressed exactly <laughs> right yeah just let it go <laughs> yeah come on it's man it's true if you kill out it'll work <laughs> yeah so maybe at this point we could pivot a little bit because um a lot of this conversation has been on on in, insomnia which is more of a chronic problem but i think it makes sense to discuss um as as we are right now and and uh times are changing fast so i'll just say it's the it's the 25th of march when we're recording and and we're we're certainly right in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic and and it's it's never far from most people's minds and it's actually been kind of refreshing talking to you guys for the last 20 minutes not about that but um it it is undoubtedly an obstacle to people's uh quality rest right now um 
and it could even be more so when this episode comes out or it could be less who knows everything's changing all the time but um what might people do and i i know this could apply to just both john and i who have ourselves uh wrestled with poor sleeps of in the last couple weeks and and very much of it is because of that stress i would imagine um so how how might people um get more calm and and restfulness when it's not a chronic thing but it's about a a specific issue in our lives at at this time whether it's coronavirus or or maybe it's you know a a a job that's job loss yeah right so um when it comes to you mentioned you, you threw in like job loss there at the end so we can start with that one i want to say like if 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 you lose your job and then you end up not sleeping much at all then the the key thing and this may sound obvious but sometimes it isn't like you know the key thing is that it's completely normal to lose sleep over that you know and it kind of goes back to what we said before as long as you don't go into the direction of thinking, wait, why am I not sleeping? What's going on? And start reacting to it. It will, it will pass. You know, you, you'll, you'll find a new job or, you know, that insomnia will resolve as long as you don't react to it. And I think actually that point is true for the, you know, coronavirus situation that we're in now too. If you're, if you're not sleeping well at this point because you're worried about it, well, guess what? That is completely normal and and uh, just very briefly here, some kind of like, you know, the evolutionary aspect here. Like if you imagine us hunter and gatherers, right? And there was this weird noise in the grass and it's been going on for a couple of days. Well, guess what? That could be like a dangerous snake. We have to sleep less. You know, we have to have superficial sleep to, for survival purposes. So therefore, like not sleeping well when, you, when you're anxious and stressed, it's completely normal. It's part of our like defense system. Now, one more thing I want to add here is... Um, anxiety, stress, it's really always uh, driven by the unknown, you know, like now we have coronavirus and nobody knows, like, you know, we have all these statistics flying around, but how dangerous is it really? Like, how likely is it to affect me or somebody I know? Like, how effective are all these measures we're taking? How long is it going to last? Is it going to come back next? All those are unknowns. And the thing with that is, like, as humans, we are... We, we are problem solvers. Like we, we want to find the truth. We want to read up and find out what's really going on and understand it. But oftentimes as now that's impossible. There is no way you're going to find the truth. So I think my personal opinion is that it's better to abandon the search, you know, just abandon the search and uh, accept that things are di- different now. But try as much as possible to, if this is making you anxious and producing insomnia, then try not to consume so much about it. Like do something you enjoy. And even if you're confined to your own home, you can still use your imagination, do things you enjoy. And, uh, and by the way, last thing on this one is the inside outside perspective, which you see so much with insomnia, like for someone that I see in clinic, they're confused, they're frustrated, they're, they're anxious, they don't know what's going on, right? But for for me, from the outside perspective, I know exactly what's going on. It's obvious to me, and and I and it, it's you know I know exactly what's going on, right? So for us now, we are in this kind of collective inside perspective. None of us in the, the whole entire world know exactly what's going on. So it's very you know it's very frustrating. But there will be a time, I'm sure, where we're going to look back upon this era and say, okay, now 
now we see, now we understand what's going on and it's going to be less anxiety provoking. But, uh, but at this point in time, I think oftentimes like abandoning, abandoning the search for the truth and et cetera can, can be really helpful. Daniel, th thank you for that. Uh, I wish you were in my bedroom a couple nights ago. I realize that sounds creepy. <laughs> it, it probably would have helped me. Um, but, but it's so true what you said. Um, two, two points I took away, two strong points. Um, the first one being um, like being gentle with yourself and being like, of course you're struggling to sleep, like acknowledging that, right? Of course you're struggling to sleep right now. There's a lot going on in your life, your, your job loss, or, or you're worried about the coronavirus and, and how it's affecting your family. Of course you're struggling to sleep. That's normal. That alone might, for some people, allow them to sleep better. I mean, truly, because you feel bad. You feel like, you know, you feel you fight yourself. You, you, you know, you're ungracious to yourself. So, so, so I think I think that's just super important. And then making peace with the unknown. Um, we've talked about embracing mystery. Uh, it's not something that a lot of us are good at, um, but but doing that, what what a difference that would make. So, so thank you so much. Anytime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with John there, and and the problem solver piece. We so we just had a, an episode that we recorded and released last week to try to stay as as current as possible, and. And that, um, and I spoke about how being a natural problem solver and wanting to figure everything out was causing me a, an unusual amount of anxiety because it's normally something that I'm not prone to, but I was definitely feeling it and, and realizing that, look, um, I can't solve coronavirus. Like, I, really, I can <laughs> do nothing about it and other than, like, control my own habits and and the the most important piece for me in and it's exactly what you just said was just blocking it out to some degree and not it's not burying your head in the sand it's not you know imagining that it's not our reality but it is just controlling our level of consumption and and instead of being completely absorbed in it all the time finding things that that do bring joy and and do bring just natural ease and and those are the things that also provide us with with good rest so yeah thank you for yeah. for illustrating that I, absolutely and i just want to add one quick thing about that which is i had this moment uh i don't know a couple of months ago when i realized like most of us actually there's an example of when most of us actually kind of abandoned the search for the truth and still uh, going to be very happy and that is when you know uh, in our teenage years, typically, you know, uh, a lot of us have these existential questions, like, who am I? What's the purpose of life? How big is the universe? What happens after death, etc.? And very few people get to a point where they're like, yeah, I figured all those out. I got <laughs> yeah. the truth. Yeah, I, got, I figured them out. <laughs> in fact, what most of us do is we eventually accept that even if it feels like when we're talking to people, reading, it feels like there are kind of breadcrumbs, we're getting closer to the truth. In reality, we never find the truth. We all kind of accept that th there is no truth to be had, and we kind of abandon the search. And and guess what? Most of us uh, can can live very happy lives without finding the truth when it comes to those existential questions. Oh man, that's so so true, and uh, it's so difficult. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We gotta, gotta make make peace with the difficulty. Yeah. Let it be. Let yeah. it be. There you go again. Exactly. Cool. Well, thanks so much for for your time today, and um, we we uh, we look forward to a, another conversation. And and 
uh, more of your insights because uh, this was not just about sleep. There's there's so many more lessons in here, and and uh, we'd love to have you back on to to keep the conversation going sometime. Thanks so much for having me, and uh, anytime I'm super happy to join again. Cool. Thanks a lot, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, so so today, folks, we have Chris, whose last name I forget. Manly. Um, Manly. Oh, what a, hey, don't let that go to your head. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, we have Chris, very manly here. And um, he, he owns a local small business in Duncan called Rest House Sleep Solutions. And um, I am a satisfied customer. Um, in fact, I was in um, just about a month ago. Um, basically saying what most people say. I just, you know, I kind of sleep okay, but it's not great. And Chris literally gets like light in his eyes. He loves his job so much. And then after about 45 minutes of me laying on all his beds and and (laughs) snuggling up in his duvet covers and trying out the new pillows, the body pillows and stuff, we walked out and, and, you know, dropped, dropped, dropped a good chunk of change. Um, So, so Chris, I could attest to your wonderful business and the importance of it. But as I think now about in, in, in today's context, you know, we're dealing with COVID-19, um, your whole business experience has is, is been thrown out the window. People can't come in and lay down and, and, and you can't take them through um, the experience of sleep before purchasing it. How, how is that affecting you and how are you navigating that? What a great question. Thanks, John. And thanks for the little, uh, you know, the testimonial on uh, sleeping well. So it's it's our it's what how we take so much pride in what we do. So, you know, I think back in the day, I remember when we first started, you know, we had an excellent business coach, Clemens Reddick. And he said, if anything that you can do, he says, make sure that you do the online version, do it well and do it simply. Uh, so for the first four years, we kind of clunkered our way through it. Um, but we we consistently stay, um, you know, positive on it, even though we were getting a lot of sales and found a way to be able to help people get a good night's sleep with very limited options without having to have like 600 different products you have to choose from. So we really, over the last six years, have curated our product line to make it so there's really only a few choices in each in each realm, whether or not it's a mattress that can be customized or whether or not it's uh, pillows that can be, you know, you can remove fill and, and things like that. So we really were able to build a model that at the same time as having our bricks and mortars, which is really important to try things, we scaled ourselves in a way that, you know, everything that was sold in store could very easily be sold online, uh, which is saving us right now. Obviously, you know, with this COVID-19, it's, you know, it's devastating for so many businesses. Our whole downtown is shut, right? Or, or the majority of it. Uh, so we've really found that through it, we've had to look at our business model even closer. You know, there's, you know, there's soft surfaces. You do have people lying on these beds. So we kind of looked at our model and said, oh, thank goodness for one. And two, I think it's changed our industry forever, right? Like it's not, you don't need to try 60 different things and buy things and, and then have them returned and then sitting in a warehouse and being resold. And, and so it's really changed our, our model. And I'm, I'm thankful that we kind of, I feel we're ahead of the curve and positioned to, to really help uh, you know Canadians and and North American sleep, so yeah, yeah. So for someone who hasn't had the the full experience of being in the store and and really the the hands on aspect or the expertise that you offer, um, what what does stand out about a, a business and, a, and an approach like you take? Because from uh, an outsider 
a just regular consumer perspective, I thought the only thing that mattered about a mattress is whether bowling pins fall over when you drop the ball on it. <laughs> uh, good question. And I, I, I am, an, oh, have been an owner of one of those bowling ball mattresses and they were decent, right? <laughs> so I think, I think we kind of, uh, early on, you know, coming back from the days of when I worked at uh, Sleep Country, you know, it was kind of, here's 50 mattresses and what's the flavor of the month and what do you feel like selling? And, you know, and I didn't, I, I liked the approach until I woke up to the fact that I didn't like the approach. And we really started to realize, uh, I kind of got big into the body pillow way back in the day and realized that, you know what, sleep is not so hard, but at the same time, it's made so complicated with marketing. So we really broke it down to, to focusing on three key factors, which is, you know, your temperature, your alignment and your, your support. So, so often we speak to um, how mattress fixes everything, but it turns out it, it really doesn't. You know, when you actually look at how we sleep, a lot of what we're doing is moving and collapsing based on the gravity of when we're in our deepest sleep, but also the weight of our body. So we kind of broke it down to, to, to simplify that in, okay, how, how do you get good support? You know, how do you get uh, proper alignment? And, and one of the biggest things, which is just, I think it's what th helps the mattress industry thrives is talking about temperature management. And that is screwed up all over the place with all of these memory foams and polyesters. And, you know, for me, I sweat and I stink in about 15 minutes wearing a polyester shirt. So I choose not to. But 95% of the, of the industry has polyester covers on them, right? So we're kind of, we facilitated this buy and buy and buy again, whereas we really tried to limit it to, you know, yes, you can have the experience of a human being showing you this, but it is, it's fairly simple. It's like slow eating, slow down, figure out what your body needs, right? Like don't. You know, don't think that, oh, this is going to be magical. You know, you buy a mattress online, you get it shipped to your door. If it doesn't work, it's not really the mattress's fault. It's your perception of what's actually going to work, right? And what works is a, a three-pronged approach, trying to look at different, you know, different data based on what your body needs. And I guess data is not the right word because we're not looking at it, but more emotions. Like, you know, if you sleep on your side and your hips and shoulders are collapsing, well, guess what? You could buy a $100,000 mattress. It's not going to make a difference, right? So we've really made it possible to, to analyze it simply. It's almost like writing a prescription. So instead of saying, hey, here's here's what you have, like, no, we know you're 170 pounds, you're 5'8", you sleep on your side. Well, we've got to get you a body pillow. We need a mattress that's got enough support and enough ability to be able to tweak it a little bit so that if your body changes over time, you can, right? And that's where we've kind of, we've heavily invested in the uh, customizable mattress solution where it's like not just picking a mattress where two people sleep on because we're not the same, right? It's like one person can pick firm on one side, one can pick soft on the other. So we're sort of taking the guesswork out of it and giving, putting a lot more of A, the responsibility, but also the control back in the sleeper's hands, right? Because if it isn't a one size mattress fits all, then really we shouldn't be complaining about what's not working. We have to look at the other variables that actually do work. Well, it's such a strong point, Chris, about customizing the sleep experience, because, you know, for, for those people who sleep with somebody else, which is a lot of people, I mean, Angie and I, don't, like we love sleeping together. I'll go on record saying that we love sleeping together. But at the same time, we're we're opposites. Like yeah. I run hot, she runs cold. I like it hard, she likes it soft. You know, I, and it's back and forth and back and forth. She needs a big body pillow. I don't. You know, and just and, and you know, you helped us kind of navigate that to yeah. and and basically alerted us to a problem. We kind of knew we had, but didn't really have the language and the expertise for it. And I think that's what an expert does. So if, if the listeners are thinking, like, what's the benefit of talking to someone like Chris? It's like he, he'll make you aware of the needs you probably didn't even know you had and, and cure some of those common things um, getting in the way of a restful sleep. 
Well, it's kind of that light bulb moment. I don't know how, well, it happens every day when we're showing someone in store, you know, and a lot to comment on you because you, you were, you've invested in the body pillow is when you actually show people lying down and you say, okay, when you sleep lying down, how does that feel? How does that, how does that feel? Oh, it feels good. Now, when you actually sleep, what's happening? And it's all about that, that knee and that shoulder. And that's a big problem for, for so many sleepers out there. So you buy all these different mattresses, but when you actually get to the deepest sleep, that top leg goes over top of the bottom leg because your hip is hurting. It's just pure mechanics. And then your shoulder drops, which then pivots the neck. And when you pivot the neck, there's no pillow that's going to work. So everybody's trying to claim the perfect one item, but it is it is a sleep system, right? So it's it's uh, it's exciting to be able to talk about it because I know that we're at this sort of new new era of sleep where it's it's really being acknowledged. Um, but again, it's it's not all about medicine. It's it's a lot about you know your intuitive balance, what your body actually needs, and and not listening to what everybody's <laughs> telling you out there. What what is a, a common misconception that that you see in the sleep industry or in consumers when they're when they're coming in to to buy a mattress? I I, I think the first thing is is they're like I really want this one to work. I've tried three or four other mattresses and, you know, I really hope this works, you know, so it's like I'm I'm counting on if I'm going to make this investment and I and I have to almost like let people know that I'm like it's, it's it may not you know, if, if you're bringing the mattress home and you're sleeping with your beautiful flowered duvet that's so thick and you've got a down duvet, you're getting hot. Well, getting hot is just as important as getting the right support. So I think people thinking that one thing is going to fix their problem, uh, which one thing almost never fixes the problem, right? And I think, too, the industry such done such a good job with kind of the memory foams and the blue gel memory foams and the, all these fancy kind of buzzwords that kind of keep the, the mattress industry relevant is there's just a lot of people getting hot out there. So people think memory foam, now that you've added a blue gel memory foam, it's going to be better, but you still have, it's all chemicals and it's all going to re respond to your body's temperature. So I think just keeping it simple, you know, people don't realize how simple it, it can be. It's like, you've got wool, you've got cotton, you've got, you know, rubber latex from the tree. And you know, there's, it's, it's really not that hard. It's not as inexpensive as your 1099 mattress in a box online. But again, they've got a 30% return rate, which is not really good for the environment. And it's not really helping the customer to a large extent. So I think it's just that misconception of, of I want to fix the problem. Please fix the problem right now. We can do that, but you got to have a little bit of a, a time to, to listen and also get out of your own preconceived notions of, of what's going to work. So Chris, this is probably an obvious question, but sometimes the obvious questions can be light bulb moments. You know, people spend, you know, easily five grand on a vacation, um, but they're maybe a little um, hesitant to spend five grand on their sleep experience. What yeah. are some what are some ways to make it make um, see, see more? More important. Yeah, uh, well, I think, <laughs> you know, I've used the phrase sleep is the ultimate healer. Right. So if you're not sleeping, you're going to take more lives off of your or more years off your life, not to be that blunt. Um, especially with what we're going through right now. And I don't want to, you know, be proclaiming everybody go and spend five grand. I'd rather spend them a couple hundred bucks on a couple of pillows and fix many of the problems. You can't, you really can't put a price on it. Like if we, the amount of customers that we have helped go from like, I'm an okay sleeper to like, like they covet their sleep. Um, you just can't get, you can't get that with anything else. You take a holiday to kind of get away and decompress. But if you can really get a good night's sleep every night, it adds years to your life. It, it makes it, you know, easier to, to, to function in your day. Um, I think it'd be nice if we could do both. Right. But, um, you just, you have to get the sleep right. 
and I know so often people will will um, one of the person one of the uh, people in a, in a couple will compromise, right? And and that sucks. So we say don't compromise. You know, get what you need because you know if you're struggling with certain things, you know, again talking about uh, sleeping the ultimate healer. Um, it can change your life. It can revolutionize your life. It's just like, it's so hard to even put it into words because it's just, to me, it's like, it should just already be known, right? It's like, we, we, we put so much prior, put a high priority on other things, you know, but when it comes to our sleep, it's like, I'll get to it. Or it's like, right. it's, it's going to get better, but it's like, no, we need full stop, get your sleep better. And it's not even about the product. It's about get off your device a couple hours before bed. Don't be having the stimulants at night. You know, get blackout curtains. Like there's just so many things that you can do to make your sleep better. And the majority of Canadians don't do any of those, right? So it's just having that aha moment that, you know, what, in this world of trying to get balanced a little bit closer to the earth, especially with this changing world, you know, the one thing that we can control and that can really revolutionize our lives is that sleep. So it's just, to me, it's just a full on no brainer that, it has to be looked at regardless. Yeah. Yeah. One, Absolutely. One thing you mentioned is um, when, when John was talking about, you know, $5,000 vacation or $5,000 sleep experience. And then, and we're in a, a culture right now that, that money is certainly not, um, you know, it's not, not even uh, like it was a month ago. Our relationships with money <laughs> for many of us has completely changed in a month, but with that being said, and, and understanding that not everyone has money to invest in their their sleep experience right now, but mm-hmm. what um, what kind of uh, trigger might there be, or, or how might someone know that it's really time to invest in, and look more deeply into their sleep experience? I, I think a lot of our our body and our mind tells us. You know, like if we're, if we're, if we're lying in bed at night and we're tossing and turning and, and you're like, oh, I, I toss and turn a lot. You know, I hear that all the time. Well, that's because you're uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Hurting, right. So it's like, if you're tossing and turning and your neck is hurting and your shoulders are hurting and your hips are hurting and your wife is elbowing you because you won't stop moving around. Indication number one. Uh, number two would be your mind, right? Like I, I know I, I talked on a, on a previous podcast and I'm open about it as I've dealt with anxiety myself and, and I can feel when I'm not getting the right sleeps, it's like a little bit more each day, a little bit more each day. You can feel it kind of coming in. You can feel that overwhelm. For me, it's switching to chocolate, which isn't good to me. And it's like, you just see this, this state, it starts to unravel and if people are only getting five hours sleep a night and they're dealing with anxiety and I've had some depression too. It's like, it's, there's, that's a big one. Right. So if you're if you've started to see that your mind is starting to play tricks on you, it's like you're probably not getting enough sleep. And it's those those two things in, in combination. I think that the, the numbers are, are, are astronomical on how many people aren't sleeping well and getting enough sleep. So I think it's just, yeah, a really looking at what your body's telling you and, and listen to your mind. If you're getting overwhelmed and you've gone to that point of now you're really starting to feel anxious, you know, um, start looking at your sleep a bit more. And there's, there's lists all over the internet. You can go on the internet and they tell you the 10 top things to do, you know, that, that will help you improve your sleep, you know, and yeah, a mattress or bedding might be one of them, but there's another, right? So. Well, and, and Chris, you know, it's, it's almost bizarre and perhaps even anxiety inducing for some people to hear this, but if they're not investing in their sleep, they're really taking like 25 to 30 years of their life and just saying, I'm okay with that being really terrible. right because that's that's really how much how much of our life we spend sleeping and it's like 
nobody would agree to that. That is like a, that's a generation, like taking 25 or 30 years. It's just being like, I'm fine with tossing and turning and just being uncomfortable for that, that amount of time. What a waste of a life. So, you know, that right there is a reason to invest in your sleep experience, I would say. Yeah. And I agree. And I think it's, I find not to be, you know, stereotypical, but I find a lot of the stoic men, those are the ones that, that don't do it the best. You know, there's a lot of guys who come in and say, yeah, I could sleep on anything. It's up to her. And I'm like, no, right, right, right. No, you know, you're the one we need you. We don't need you dropping dead at 65 because you've got high blood pressure and you're not taking care of yourself. No, that doesn't, that can't work that way. So it's, um, there's a lot of that out there. A lot of people who are just like, you know, it's okay. I think just because they've never known what a good night's sleep is, or they've gone their whole life with just struggling with it. And I think people just have got, gotten to a point where they think it's norm. It's the norm. Right. Just, right. World has, you know, gotten to think that a norm and, and too much of this, you know, just this full on, you know, push, 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 push. The world's realizing right now, no, you can't. And it's the same thing. I think even with me being home in this time, I've done a bit more gardening and I'm like, Oh, okay. So I even have my own, my little trigger here is like, okay, so working that much, it's not really that good for me. I might sleep well, but there's a lot of stress involved in it. So I think it's just, you know, people, people are waking up, but I, I wish there was more of a light bulb moment. It's like, Hey, stop screwing around, get your sleep. No matter, no matter what it, what it is. I did a, a DIY kind of body pillow uh, thing on, on Facebook the other day. Cause I was like, you know what? In my opinion, the way to fix sleep, it's not necessarily a mattress. It's more about your alignment and your body pillow because you can not only bring your heart rate down, but there's a, it's a, there's a love hormone that's released when you do that. Uh, so I did a DIY thing where I talked to people about, you know, if you can't afford to buy these things right now, we understand. So take two of your one plump pillow and one medium-sized pillow, you know, watch the video and kind of mimic what a body pillow looks like because then you keep your neck straight. You're not twisting your neck. And you don't have that want to kind of collapse. So there's ways to do it where it doesn't have to be all about buying something, you know, obviously as a business, we need support, we need people mm -hmm. to, you know, to keep us in business, but there are ways to do it so that, you know, the general public who's like, Hey, listen, I can't even make my rent right now. Help me take care of some of this anxiety, which I got to assume there's tons of them, grab a couple of pillows and experiment with that. Right. So there are ways to, to do it to where if you just really slow it down, say, okay, I want to make my sleep better. What can I do? Right. And then just sort of get into checking some things off the list and get my room darker. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not that hard. Of course, it's not that easy either, but it's it's just a commitment. Yeah. So I I love so much of what you're saying there, Chris. And and one of them one of the things specifically from a a business owner mentality that you're doing on Facebook right now, as as well as a public service thing, is is um is going out there and being like, hey, maybe you can't afford a body pillow right now, but you probably need it, and and showing them showing the world how they might be able to DIY that and especially from from the business owner aspect what um what it, one thing that we can do right now and and the three of us each have a small business so this is pretty relevant um is build relationship capital because we're not going to be building a lot of traditional capital right now we're not going to be bringing in a lot of revenue that's just the reality for the vast majority of small businesses but going out into the community, provide, providing service, um, building on those relationships. That's, that's such a, an important thing that, that we can do and, and focus on um, for that, the inevitable time that, that coronavirus is no longer uh, a huge issue for people and, and we return to our normalcy. The, the work that you're doing right now, building that capital, is, is going to be invaluable when, when that time does come. So I just wanted to, 
to shout you out and, and recognize that. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder from a, a small business perspective, it, in this crisis that we're in right now, um, what what are you focusing on um, to, to ensure that your business is going to survive this this uh, this slumber that, that we're mm-hmm. we're in right now? No, the bum bunch. You know, we we've really put a lot of our you know a lot of our energy, like people working from home, working on our website, and just sort of it's like house cleaning, but uh, you know, 4.0, and we're online. Uh, we're really trying to, you know, amp up our Facebook just by either educating or just having some fun just to sort of, I, I love that, that statement you made, but just that, what was that, that capital, that Re- relationship uh, capital, relationship capital, because that's, that is what we have right now. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's something that I really appreciate. One of the things that we're doing is we had um, talking about making it easier to shop online is we did through this whole last six months or really a year, we've been working on an, an additional website to try to make even picking your sleep system even simpler, right? So, cause our, at, at our, our rest house website, we've got a lot of different things. So we created a new website, which is, we're still planning on launching cause we want to give everybody the opportunity to be able to take advantage of it while they're at home, but it's called cocoonsleep.com. Hmm. So it's K-A-K-U-N uh, sleep.com. But we've sort of taken all of the things that we've sold over the last six years that sold the best and we morphed them onto one website to make it even simpler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we basically took all the things that have been, you know, our five star reviewed products and the ones that we know that have never sort of let us down, i.e. the body pillows. We've expanded that program to eight of them, even longer ones now. Uh, and we've um, our comforters, our toppers, and the mattress protection and the pillows. So we've taken the things that 95% of the time sell online and we've made one specific website for it to make it easier for people to, to purchase. So that's, um, that's really what we're doing. We're uh, you know, helping our staff. We're getting them to invest the, the, in more in their education at this point, like our systems that we do have online, because you know, we do a lot of what we do. We talk online, so we do consultations uh, by live chat. Right, but also by phone call. So we've got people at home that are sitting at home. We've we've brought our phones home. Uh, we've got our computers running so that we can actually communicate and actually help kind of custom fit or give them home consultations so that they don't have to leave their house. Right. So these are the kind of things we're trying to do to you know just make sure we're okay. We know we're going to be okay. Um, luckily, because we have our online websites. Um, but yeah, we're just trying to bring everybody's level of education and. Um, you know, just support that we can give. So and that's as a business, you know, that's what we're, um, that's our main focus right now. Well, and being I, safe. Like we want our people to stay safe. That's why nobody is at the store and the store is closed. So that's kind of goes without saying at this time. But yeah, as far as a business standpoint, it's, uh, we feel like we're, we're doing, making the right steps. Well, and I just want to mention quickly again, the importance of the mattress topper, the body pillows and the pillows. That's what we bought like a month ago. And and I would have never believed that it would make a difference. In fact, you basically, when we came in, I was like, we got a good mattress. I don't know. Like, what else you got? You're like, no, you need a body pillow. I'm like, I don't think so. And you're like, well, yeah, you do. And so <laughs> you, you're like, you, you know, you had Angie lay down and, and, and uh, you know, you know, hold the pillow, like you said. I mean, let me tell you, unbelievable difference. And so, so folks, you know, if you don't have money for a mattress, um, you know, there's, you, you might be able to a body pillow or a topper might make all the difference. So those are the things that I think you could find with, with rest house for sure. 
Yeah, thank you. It's uh, it's so true. Like every day we have those aha moments. Like we, uh, sometimes I'll just read back through the reviews because it's like I love hearing not the little change. It's like the you know <laughs> epic changes to you know oh this is what it's supposed to be like, and it just makes our lives so much easier, right? So we've also as long as things are going, uh, we we've changed our whole platform on both our websites to be free shipping, you know, in Canada and in North America for the most part. So we've made it so that we're just trying to make it easy, right? So we've got the free shipping. We put our whole website on sale until this, until this goes over, you know, they even did the American exchange rates gone crazy right now. We're holding firm because we bought enough product, right? So it's like, we're doing what we can, you know, uh, but the products that we have that we know make the biggest difference we do have in stock. So, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Great. So, as we wrap up here, and, and this is, uh, as we expected, been a really enjoyable and informative conversation, um, where, where's the best place to uh, to contact you or to, to find out more? Would you recommend the, the Cocoon Sleep website or, or the Rest House website or, or your Facebook? Where, where's the best place to not only find out more about what you do, but maybe also uh, ask you a question or, or reach out? Yeah, the best starting point is to just resthouse.ca right now. Right. Uh, because there we have the links to our Facebook. We've got on the bottom right hand corner, we've got the live chat, which that's open most days. You know, uh, we're starting to go into the evening a bit more because people are at home. Uh, our Facebook is a, obviously Facebook, Facebook Messenger. We're really approachable and all of our staff are heavily trained. So what you get in store, you get online and we can even do um, uh, Skype meetings and meetings like this if people want to talk one on one. So we're here for, in whatever capacity that someone needs. Perfect. Yeah. I thought um, maybe a way of of finishing this off would because we just learned about your incredible vocal skills, both uh, <laughs> both singing and whistling. So so maybe you could, uh, if you wanted to choose an appropriate appropriate melody or appropriate song to um, to help ease people's rests uh, as as we conclude this episode. Oh my. So, you know, you just spoke to the let it be and I've only got a couple bars of that, but it's like, let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. It's not going to last much longer. Let it be. <laughs> Thanks for that. All right. Yeah. Thank you. That was incredible. Wow. <laughs> thank you, Chris. <laughs> Oh, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for doing this. Yeah, absolute pleasure. And uh, talk to you again. Yeah, okay, rest too. easy, everybody. Betcha. Yeah, sweet dreams. Well, that's the episode. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. If you liked what you heard here, check out the website. ObstacleCoursePodcast.com. That's where you can subscribe, check out the show notes. If we have one request, we'd ask you to leave us a kind review and perhaps share this episode. It's not because we have fragile egos. Well. But because we want other great people like you to benefit. Speaking of great people, we have a list of people we want to thank. We've got our senior technical advisor, Andy Robertson. Our media partner and web designer, Sticky Media. And of course, our host and snack coordinator, Judy Langford. Oh, peanut butter cookies. You can continue the conversation on Instagram and Facebook at Obstacle Course Podcast. And on Twitter at Obstacle Pod. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Keep pushing through those obstacles.